0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, January 15th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Most Mondays, we begin our week with a look at state government and politics in Kansas and Missouri, and we'll do that tomorrow. Instead, on this national and state holiday, we're bringing you two stories from the KCUR podcast A People's History of Kansas City about hard work and progress by pioneering members of communities of color in Kansas City. In a few minutes, we'll hear about a group of Kansas musicians who, more than 50 years ago, formed one of the first all-women mariachi groups in the country before a disaster almost ended the band.
1: I said, Padre Santo, I And then all of a sudden, the man said, she's alive, there's a live one.
0: But first, Today marks 95 years since Martin Luther King Jr. was born. In Kansas City, King's death motivated a wave of new organizers to pick up the fight for racial equality. From A People's History of Kansas City, producer Mackenzie Martin tells us how McDonald's franchises
1: played a role. January 16th, 1975, was a chilly day to hold a protest in Kansas City. But it was really only a handful of protesters anyway, standing in long coats outside the McDonald's at 2804 Prospect Avenue. Picketers held signs with messages like, McDonald's carries big cash out of our community. The way community activist Lee Bohannon tells it, The problems began when organizers asked McDonald's to donate to a community bike race, but got turned down. They didn't do community work. They sold Big Macs and fries. Bohannon says they timed the boycott to coincide around the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which was fitting, since it was King's assassination in 1968 that inspired the formation of this very group, Kansas City's Social Action Committee of 20. When Martin Luther King died, Almost everybody black I know had a sentiment that led toward, I'm going to do something for my community. King's assassination also sparked a turning point at McDonald's. Get yourself ready for a trip through McDonald's. See, McDonald's was in a period of rapid expansion in the 60s, thanks to Ray Kroc's aggressive strategy of franchising, which employs local entrepreneurs to run individual locations. But this potentially lucrative opportunity was, at first, only available to white people.
0: When King was assassinated, it just snowballed.
1: This is Harry Webb. He was a manager at a Chicago McDonald's back then.
0: Caucasian operators that were in black neighborhoods were fearful to come back into the Black neighborhoods.
1: After King's assassination, white flight from city centers and pressure from the civil rights movement pushed the fast food giant to recruit Black franchisees. It began in just four cities, Chicago, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Kansas City. Out of those cities formed the National Black McDonald's Operators Association, which grew to nearly 90 owners by 1975. Marcia Chatlin wrote about this in her book. Franchise, the Golden Arches in Black America. They are really taking a risk, but they do it because they're fully aware of just the challenges of Black business ownership during that time. Chatland says that Black franchise owners saw themselves as torchbearers of Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream. But not everyone thought that McDonald's locations, even Black-owned ones, were good for the area. Because the question is, are they really invested or investing in communities? Or are they merely just kind of engaged in window dressing? This was the tension that Harry Webb walked into when he moved to Kansas City to open up his own McDonald's restaurants.
0: When I purchased a franchise, I guess they they wanted to make sure I understood that I wasn't just making profit in the community and taking it out.
1: Webb says SAC 20 protested his McDonald's for about two weeks until they got together and just talked it all out. That's when the black franchise owner and the black activists realized they had the same goal, just from different angles. Webb ended up donating to SAC-20's causes and turning 2804 Prospect into a real community gathering space. And he wasn't the only one doing this. Marsha Chatlin found that back in the 70s, black McDonald's operators across the country tried to pick up the slack where society was failing. They supported historically black colleges and held job fairs and voter registration drives. Lee Bohannon from SAC20 says he never came around on McDonald's being good for Kansas City, per se. But he had great respect for the black franchise owners in town. There were some of these guys that were really sharp at entrepreneur. That was like Cloris Dale and Webb. (laughs) Bohannon says he now understands how they were fighting their own fight for representation and equality. Cloris felt like, I'm breaking ground here. Watch me. Nearly a half-century after the protest, Bohannon still lives in Kansas City. These days, you can often find him working on a community garden at 77th and Prospect, which is probably about as far from fast food as you can get.
0: That story originally aired last year. You can hear the full episode from A People's History of Kansas City, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll bring you another story from that podcast when Kansas City Today returns more than 50 years ago a group of kansas musicians formed one of the first all-women mariachi bands in the country mariachi estrella broke down barriers before a deadly disaster almost ended the band From the podcast A People's History of Kansas City, host Suzanne Hogan shares how their descendants are ensuring their legacy shines on.
2: Mariachi music is deep and heartfelt. It's the music of Mexico. And for a short stint during the 1980s, Mariachi Estrella, a group of seven trailblazing women in Kansas, were a force who broke the mold in a male-dominated music scene. Women took this deeply patriarchal institution and kind of created their own space in it. Christina Loya is a descendant of the original members and wrote her thesis about the group, who traces their beginnings to the Oakland neighborhood in Topeka, Kansas, home to a large Mexican-American community. At its center point is Our Lady of Guadalupe Church, where Mariachi Estrella first started as a choir group in the late 1970s. Violin player Teresa Cuevas had just divorced and was in her 50s at the time. The music was a part of me that made me feel like myself. Cuevas spoke to KCUR in an interview in 2006 with other surviving members Rachel Galvin-Sangalong and Isabel Boldi-Gonzalez. I never heard anybody saying, let's start an all-female. It just happened that all of us that were in the choir were female. In 1980, a few choir members attended a mariachi convention in San Antonio, Texas. And that sparked the official flame, said Sangalung. We called it mariachi fever that we caught. (laughs) It's mariachi fever. The women of mariachi estrella had a lot of fun together in those days. They taught each other different instruments and songs and got into the whole look. The trajes, sombreros, matching bows. But everything changed on July 17th, 1981. The band had a gig at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri, when the skywalks collapsed.
1: That first skywalk fell on another below, and then they both fell to the floor.
2: All of that occurred in just a matter of seconds. More than 200 people were injured, and 114 people were killed, including four members of Mariachi Estrella, Connie Alcala, Dolores Cardona, Dolores Galvin, and Linda Skurlock. Isabel Boli-Gonzalez was nursing her daughter, so she wasn't there. My daughter will tell you she saved my life. Sangalong and Cuevas survived and were trapped in the rubble.
1: I said, Padre Santo, there, ayuda me." And then all of a sudden the man said, she's alive. There's a live one.
2: Cristina Loya lost her great aunt and cousin. So shortly before her death, Connie Che was asked about what being part of Maria Chistreya meant to her. And she said, it's in my heart. I just want to see it carried on. I don't want it to die out. Loya believes research like hers is a crucial part of keeping her aunt's dream alive. And other descendants are doing so with their music, like Maria Elena Cuevas, who fronts a band called Maria the Mexican. And that band is inspired by my time in the mariachi band with my grandmother, Mariachi Estrella. After the accident, her grandmother, member Teresa Cuevas, kept the name Mariachi Estrella and passed the music on to her grandkids, like Maria and her sister, who went on to start their own musical paths. And that influence lives on in a much wider community today, says David Chavez, a nephew of Mariachi Estrella members.
1: Now you look today and there's all female groups everywhere. That's super cool. And that came from somewhere.
2: He organized concerts to raise funds to make a monument of Mariachi Estrella in downtown Topeka, Kansas. To Mariachi musician Marisol Chavez, all these efforts are powerful. I'm a product coming from these women. It was her great aunt, member Isabel Boli Gonzalez, who encouraged her at a young age to play music at the church. Now she's pursuing her dream as a musician and educator in the Oakland neighborhood where Mariachi Estrella got their start. She's made it her mission to teach all of her students about them so that their legacy continues to shine on in future generations.
0: Tomorrow, we'll bring you more reflection on race and diversity in our community when we talk with Missouri Representative Emily Weber of Kansas City, the first Asian-American woman ever elected to the state legislature. We hope you'll join us. This is Kansas City Today. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Madeline Fox. Both our stories today came from a people's history of Kansas City from KCUR Studios. You can find both episodes and many others wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a review. While you're at it, you can review this one too. Have a meaningful Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we'll see you tomorrow.